Hello and welcome to the Art of Decluttering podcast. I'm your host, Amy Ravel, and it is a lovely day in Melbourne today when I'm recording this for you. And it's also a special episode because it is the start of our Home 101 series, which is I'm going to walk you through the main areas in your home week by week and actually give you a decluttering checklist as well as key organizing tips and hacks for each space. So it's going to be an overview, but it's also going to be like, here's the gold for each area in your home. And what I want you to do along with me is actually play along in real time. And that is for kitchen week, which is this week, I want you to actually put the podcast on and go into your kitchen. And for the time when I'm talking to you, I want you to be doing the decluttering. Or maybe if you're driving when you're listening to this, set aside 20 minutes or half an hour this week and declutter your kitchen because over the course of the next eight weeks, you are going to have opportunity and guidance and coaching and tips and hacks and checklists to declutter all of these key spaces in your home. And in eight weeks, you're going to have a transformed home. And it's not about setting aside hours and hours and hours and hours every week, but Every bit that you put in is going to make a difference and I'm really excited about it. So many of you in the Facebook community have been decluttering in January and so for some of you, this might be the deep dive that you're wanting to do. So I'm not just going around and finding a few random things to declutter, but I'm actually going to make my kitchen function better or I'm going to make the linen cupboard function better or the garage or the toy room or the study or whatever space it is. I'm super excited to be able to go through this with you, give you those tools so that you can declutter along at home. And as always, if you need an extra set of hands, some one-on-one coaching, some help to get a fast job done, or, you know, you just need the extra set of hands and you want the experts to come in, just get in contact, go to our website, theartofdecluttering.com.au. We'd love to come out and help you if you're in Australia. If not, play along at home and we're going to talk about the kitchen. So there's going to be every single week for this 101 series, you're going to be able to download a checklist, a decluttering checklist, which will have a whole lot of things in it that you can go through and kind of go through and check off as you declutter each category. So for instance, in the decluttering checklist for the kitchen, there's things like Um, cutlery and a thermos and a food processor and keep cups or travel mugs and wine wine glasses and chopsticks and plastic containers and chopping boards and a slow cooker or a crock pot, going through your junk drawer, your measuring cups, the rice cooker, the cleaning products, your sponges. It really goes quite deep into each category so that you can use that as a tool as you're decluttering. And then what I've created for you is a one-page kitchen organizing tips and hacks. And so that one contains on, I'm just counting, it's like eight of my top tips to keep your kitchen organized and functioning well. So you can download those. The links are in the show notes, um, which if you're in any podcast app, just have a look at the notes and you'll be able to see it all there. Or I'll also have it on my website on the podcast page. So let me just talk through what I want to have as our highlight 101 kitchen decluttering and organizing tips. So in the kitchen, you really want to think about what your priority locations or prime real estate is. Now, prime real estate, you know, when you're talking about housing and stuff, and there's an episode I want you to, um, I'll link in the show notes as well for you to go back and listen to called location, location, location. And it's all about where in your home this prime real estate is. 
So for most people, that's the top drawers in the kitchen or the front of the cupboards in your kitchen. It's the pantry space between your shoulders and your waist. It's the bench bench space that is right in front of you. So it's this prime real estate and going, okay, what are the things that I use a lot? What is on high rotation? You know, what are the things that I want to be able to grab really easily and importantly, to be able to put away really easily? And so think carefully about what you put in these prime real estate positions. I was helping um, someone move into their house maybe 12 months ago, single guy, and in his kitchen, he didn't have a lot of stuff. But what he found is that the cupboards above the, the range hood and the back bench and where the um, stovetop was and that type of thing were really high. And even though he was tall, he had children. So I was like, well, let's not put the glasses and the cups all the way up there. Let's just put them in one of these drawers. There were drawers in the island bench. And so even though it felt to him, he was like, oh, it feels so weird to put glasses in a drawer like this. Within a couple of weeks, he messaged me and was like, oh my gosh, my kids can get them when they're unstacking the dishwasher. They can unstack the dishwasher. I was like, that is a win. And so even though you might think, no, the top drawers have to be all cutlery and utensils and maybe my glad wrap and cling wrap and alfoil, maybe it's actually your glasses that need to go in there or something that you are accessing a lot of the time. The front of the cupboards, you know, you will have heard me talk about my two move rule before, and that is you don't want to have to move more than one item to get an item. So let me give you an example. If I want to get the blender and I have the electric beaters in front, that's fine because I remove the electric beaters and the move to is to grab the blender. And same when you're putting something away is you take the electric beaters out, you put the blender away and put it in front. Now, obviously, you're going to keep in front the thing that you use more often, but really you don't want to have to do more than two moves to get to anything in your kitchen. So as you're going through your kitchen, have a look around. Are there things that require you to practically unpack a whole cupboard just to get what's at the back? And maybe if you're not using the things at the back, you can declutter them. Or maybe if you do find that you're unpacking things all the time, it actually might be appropriate to move it more forward. Think, well, how can I only ever have things too deep so that you can use the two move rule when you're in the kitchen? I want you to consider kind of going back to that prime real estate, but it's about accessibility is who needs to access the things in your kitchen? Is it children? Maybe you've got people with back issues or who have uh, MS, so can't lean over and pick things up that are heavy, like, you know, low down, back of the cupboard, heavy things. Maybe you've got someone in the house that you need to consider mobility. They might have a wheelchair or a mobility walker. And so you actually need to have things accessible to them. So think about who's using the space. Do you find that you're, you've got six kids and you're always in the kitchen prepping food and you don't want the kids coming in to get a glass of water when they have to reach over you to get the glasses or reach under you to get the glasses? Maybe you need to move them in kind of what you would think is a crazy place, but the access is what you're aiming for, for that to be functional. I think one of the cool things about a kitchen, and I really love organizing kitchens, is you're thinking about function the whole time because almost everything is hidden behind cupboards or drawers or a pantry or a fridge or a freezer, and it's a way. 
And so within those storage spaces, you know, each drawer and each cupboard creates its own boundaries of what you can keep in there and how much you can keep in there. And so functionality is absolutely key when you're in your kitchen. Okay, so a decluttering tip when you're in the kitchen is to think about realistic quantities. Now, realistic has to be based on reality, (laughs) just by the nature of the name of it, which means if you have 30 mugs, but you never, ever have more than 10 people over to your house, you probably have 20 mugs too many. If you have five salad bowls, but you seem to always be the person that brings dessert to any event, do you actually need that many salad bowls? And if you've got that many salad bowls for home, Are there some that are multi-purpose? Are there some salad bowls that could actually be somewhere where you marinate things as well? Or could it be a salad bowl that also is where you put the popcorn when you make the popcorn? Or a salad bowl that is the chip bowl as well? Like how can you have realistic quantities and have things work hard for you? How do you make sure that everything that you have in your kitchen is working as hard as it can and isn't superfluous? Maybe you've got heaps of baking trays but actually you can only fit two or three in your oven. And so all of the additional ones are always going to be superfluous because you cannot use them at the same time. Tupperware, plastic, storage, all of those types of things, almost every house has way more of the Tupperware and plastics for like leftovers and stuff that they need almost always. (laughs) So I encourage you to think like when you've done a big bulk cook up, How many are you going to use at your maximum? And can you get rid of others? All right, we're going to go to a super quick break and then I'm going to come back with some really smart storage hacks that I love using in the kitchen and that I think will make your kitchen kitchen more functional. Back in a sec. All right, so smart storage. One of the keys to smart storage is the preparation that you do for the storage spaces. So you want to keep like items together, which means you want to have like snack containers together. You want to have your crockery together, your cutlery together. You want to have your um, saucepans and frying pans. You want them together so that you have a realistic idea of the space that they take up and any storage issues that you have. So for instance, if you've got all your snack containers, so the kids might take yogurt to school or they might take some pretzels or some grapes or some strawberries and you want to have like these little easy, I always call them the itty bitties. So anyone that's ever worked with me knows the itty bitties are those little containers and having them stacked up anywhere is a no-go because they're going to fall over no matter what you do. But if you gather all of your itty bitties together and have them in an open container, All of a sudden, when you're looking for something, you can just forage through, find the one you need. And then when you're putting away the dishes at the end of the night, you don't have to kind of make sure that everything's perfect. You just put it in the container. And so the like items together helps you to know what kind of container that you need and what space it needs to go into. One of my, in fact, not one of my, my absolute top tip for having a functional and organized kitchen is where possible, stick to one brand within a category. So the reason for this is about stackability, usability, and mix and match ability. (laughs) So if you're thinking like 
Tupperware or plastics that you use your leftovers in, sometimes it can be tempting, and I see this in homes all the time, is when you need a new one or you've lost a lid or something like that, you go to the shops and you basically just buy whatever's on special and you might save yourself 2 or $3. But when you come home, that particular container doesn't stack with anything else that you've got and the lid is not mix and matchable. So my suggestion, wherever possible, is find a brand that you love, find a container that you love and just stick with that one. So what it means is when you drop a container on the ground and that container breaks, you don't also have to throw the lid out because there might be another container in there that the lid got lost or the lid got out of shape. And so you're actually going to save yourself a lot of money and you're going to save yourself space because you'll be able to stack things. And it's so much quicker to find when you know that it doesn't really matter which lid I have because they're all going to match. And there might be different sizes. There's lots of brands now that do color. So each size has a different color lid. And I love all that. I love anything that's going to make life simpler when you're trying to be in the kitchen and be functional is buy one brand of something, please, please, please. And I find this super helpful even with pots and pans um, because they stack much better together because you're not dealing with all different kind of dimensions of handles and lids and all of that. If you can have one set, you might find that you only need two lids because the lids can cross over the different um, items. It's also, I find it really helpful around with crockery. Now I talk about crockery orphans and that's just like the one plate that you've got from a set or you've bought it home from work accidentally and it's made its way into the cupboard. But how annoying is it when you're trying to set the table or you've got friends over or you're even just trying to stack the dishwasher or put the, put the crockery away when they're not the same? Because it just doesn't work as well. It doesn't stack as well. It doesn't present as well. And so I recommend picking one type of crockery, one type of cutlery, and just going with it. Just all in, that's the one that you use. And then it's really easy when something breaks, you can go and replace it because it will match because you know where you got it from. Um, A couple of other smart storage ideas. I love having a knife, instead of a knife block, having a knife magnetic strip on the wall. I find this great for clients with young kids because it's back, you know, it's over the usually 600 mil deep of the bench and then it's also up so it's hard for little hands to get to but what it also does is it makes it much safer for big hands instead of you know rummaging in a drawer to try and find the sharp knife you can actually just see them all and so it's really easy to grab them it's easy to grab the right one it's great because you can see what you have and it keeps little fingers away from your sharp knives and it saves heaps of space um, I've, I'm such a fan of magnetic strips for, for all your big knives. Um, knife blocks just take up bench space and you don't want stuff on your bench because then it's much harder to clean. So go and get yourself a magnetic strip. I, I got mine from Ikea, I think, but you can get them from a whole heap of different places. Another storage hack that um, is one of my favorites is using a utensil rail. So if you just kind of picture a handrail, like a tower rail, that type of thing, but smaller, <laughs> And you can have it in your kitchen on a wall. You can have it on the side of the pantry, wherever you're going to be going to for your utensils and just use hooks to hang them up. So then you just start getting utensils that have holes in the, in the handle, which most of them do because it's so logical and makes so much sense to have your utensils out of the second drawer where you have way too many utensils already and putting them up and out of the way. So it's a great storage hack because you can see what you have Again, you don't have to rummage. You can put things there straight out of the wash or out of the dishwasher 
and utensil rails just mean that when other people are in the kitchen, you're not having to open the drawers that are at waist height all the time. You've used this prime real estate of the wall or the side of the pantry or whatever it is so that anyone who's helping can grab a knife, can grab some tongs, can grab the potato masher without having to you know, go and dig and, and rummage around. So I think smart storage is really key in your kitchen. If you've got appliances that can perform multiple functions, that is an absolute win as well. So rather than having five appliances that all kind of do a little bit different, if it comes time to replace or you're purchasing an appliance, see if you can find one that does multiple functions without it being too hard to set up the multiple functions, right? So if the product that you're looking at requires, you know, 15 parts and you've got to have an engineering degree to put it together, maybe that's a step too hard. But see what you can do to make everything in your kitchen work hard for you. Another tip around appliances actually I want to share is, you know, we we're talking about those open containers before when you're wanting to put your itty bitties in there or your plastic containers and lids and things like that. I find it really, really helpful if you've got an appliance that has multiple parts. So you do have like we've got a food processor, which is also a blender and it has, you know, a few different blades and inserts that you can use is we've got an open container that sits behind the blender in the cupboard. And so all the parts go in there. So the parts don't go in a drawer. They don't just kind of get shoved at the back. We don't try and keep the box because the box is, you know, bulky and annoying. A clear container or a container that you can put behind the item, behind the appliance, so that when you want to grab those extra parts, they're super easy to get to, but they're not just rolling around in a cupboard and creating space, uh, creating um, chaos and taking up space that they're not entitled to because <laughs> you've got other things that need to be kept in there. All right, let me just have a look if I've got anything else I've written on here. Oh yeah, let me talk about bench tops for just a second. Everybody has very different, bench tops can be quite a controversial little topic because some people say that for ADHDers, for instance, hey, have it on your bench because if you can see it, you're more likely to use it. So if you've got a a air fryer, for example, and you want to get way more into the habit of using that because it's it's quicker than heating up your oven and it cooks food the way you want it to, you should have your air fryer on the bench, right? So there's that line of thinking where the toaster goes on the bench, the air fryer goes on the bench, the coffee machine, the grinder and the microwave and maybe the Thermomix and it's all on the bench and I totally understand why. And then the other way is like have as least amount of stuff on your bench as possible and just have it easily accessible. So when you do need to use it, you just pull it out, plug it in, use it and put it away. And I think whichever of those you go for, or probably more likely you have a combination of both. I don't know anybody that puts their microwave away in a cupboard when they're not using it and then just pulls it out, you know, once a day. So whichever of those or combination that you're going to go with, the key is to have places where it belongs and don't allow it to be a clutter magnet. For instance, what I find is there'll be a a toaster and a kettle perhaps on the bench and all of a sudden then the oil sits next to it and then maybe the salt grinder comes next to that and then the butter dish sits out and all of a sudden you're giving permission for more and more items that don't actually need to sit on the bench because they're really easy to get out like it's not heavy or it's not bulky or it's not difficult or it's not hot and so just be really intentional about what you keep on the bench and maybe do an experiment try putting as much as you can off the bench and into cupboards if you have the space And then kind of just see what's annoying to put out 
and what you love the look of. So we've tried this in our house. Um, all we have on the bench at the moment is the toaster, kettle, microwave and coffee machine. So we use our sandwich press quite a lot, but that's easy. It's light. It just comes out at the front of a cupboard. We use our air fryer all the time. Again, at the front of the cupboard, pull it out, plug it in, use it. As soon as it's cool, it goes back in. Um, our, our mix master goes under the cupboard. And so really it's about you going, what is the priority? What do I want to have in this prime real estate? What am I happy to put away? What do I like to see? And how do I use it? So I really hope this is helpful. Don't forget that you've got some downloadables. All you need to do is click on the link in the show notes. It'll take you to my website, pop in your email address, and that will get emailed out to you. Um, And I hope it means that you can kind of just play along at home. So it might be that you want to save that download that downloadable on your phone. You might want to print it. You might want to just have it somewhere so that you can refer to it when you need to. You might put it on the inside of the pantry cupboard or the inside of one of the cupboards in the kitchen, just so you kind of get into the habit of it. If you've got some kitchen hacks or storage ideas or decluttering tips for the kitchen, I would love you to come over to my Facebook community. Come and share what your hacks are or give us some before and afters. You know, show us what you're doing in your kitchen and how you're decluttering and playing along. So this week, this week's the week for you to tackle the kitchen because next week we're going to be talking through the pantry. Um, I'm super excited about the pantry because the pantry organization and decluttering makes a huge difference to your budget and also to the time that you spend in the kitchen. So I hope that's been helpful. I really look forward to seeing you next Monday, catching up then. And until next week, enjoy the freedom. I would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people who are the traditional custodians of the land this podcast is recorded on. I would also like to pay respects to their elders, both past and present of the Kulin Nation, and extend that respect to other Indigenous Australians. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to rate and review the show on your podcast app. That will help others to find the Art of Decluttering podcast as well. If you'd like any more information, you can visit theartofdecluttering.com.au and I would love to see you in my Facebook group. Just search The Art of Decluttering community on Facebook and join today. I hope that you have an incredible rest of your day and enjoy the freedom.